You're listening to the Things I Think About podcast. I'm your host, Jim Stroud. President Donald Trump was impeached twice and acquitted twice. The ramifications of this are only now starting to ripple and flow. 2021 may be a bigger political year than 2020 with more public outrage than before unless they are sufficiently distracted. Another pandemic might do that. Perhaps Ebola. I hear it's making a comeback. But I digress. If there are no more pandemics, if there are no more mandates for lockdowns, if America does not go into bankruptcy or go to war with China, then I think the country's focus will mostly be on politics. As such, I have several predictions to share. And I'll get into that right after this. Critical race theory supports the logic that all whites are born racist and oppressors by nature. They are to be viewed as a collective threat to non-white people and beyond redemption. This sentiment is already infecting the American workplace via racial sensitivity and diversity trainings. Despite the obvious controversy, such trainings are being accepted as just and fair and at an alarming pace across corporate America. Racism Reimagined How Critical Race Theory Imperils the American Workplace is an ebook that I wrote. In it, I do three things. One, I explain the basics of critical race theory. Two, I demonstrate how critical race theory is negatively affecting the American workplace. And three, I hope, I hope, I inspire a resistance to critical race theory being taught in the workplace. In light of the increased sensitivity to recent events like the George Floyd protests, the emergence of cancel culture, and the pressures on corporations to adhere to political correctness, the information in my ebook, Racism Reimagined How Critical Race Theory Imperils the American Workplace, is a counterbalance that should be carefully considered prior to new investments in diversity training. Racism Reimagined How Critical Race Theory Imperils the American Workplace is a free resource that can be downloaded and, by all means, shared with those in your network. A download link is available in the podcast description. Okay, with the impeachment trial over and President Trump acquitted, I predict that a flurry of election fraud cases will reopen old wounds that have yet to really heal. The Supreme Court has agreed to hear election fraud cases, which is encouraging to conservatives because when Trump's team were given a chance to argue their cases, they won more often than not. Plus, according to a recent poll, 77% of Republicans believe there was widespread fraud in the presidential election, and as much as 30% of Democrats were skeptical as well. If you combine doubts, said and unspoken, with voter remorse, <laughs> then you have the basic ingredients for some major political drama. But wait, there's more. During the 2020 presidential race, the mainstream media protected candidate Biden from a number of scandals. Now that he is president, there is no longer a need to shield him further. Objective achieved. Now, maybe, the public overall will see what's been hidden from them by the mainstream media. Here are just uh, a few examples. In a previous podcast episode entitled Hiding Biden, How Big Tech is Fixing the Presidential Election, I said uh, many things, but here's one thing that I said. 
The New York Post published the political equivalent of a nuclear bomb this week. Based on emails from Hunter Biden's laptop, they have found credible evidence of Joe Biden's corruption when he served in the White House under President Obama. As amazing as this is to me, what is even more surprising is how this information has been banned from social media and censored in the mainstream media during this critical presidential election season. What does that say about the state of our American democracy? Here's a quote from the news uh, website, Reformation Charlotte, the headline, Jill Biden wanted in Ukraine on class A felony bribery charges. Here's a quote from that article. However, a court in Ukraine has now released Joe Biden's name as a suspect in criminal allegations and is wanted in the country on Class A felony charges, reports One American News. The court previously redacted Biden's name but decided it was inappropriate to keep that information hidden. Hmm. And this from Breitbart headline, report Joe Biden's brother under federal investigation for role in bankrupt healthcare firm. And here's a quote from the article. AmeriCorps, which filed for bankruptcy in late 2019, was raided by the FBI earlier this year as part of an ongoing probe into its finances and business practices. At the time, FBI agents also raided the home of AmeriCorps CEO Grant White. Even before raids, the company's conduct had come under scrutiny after it was accused of fraud. In July 2019, Michael Frey and his business partner, Dr. Mohammed Azam, filed a lawsuit in federal court claiming James Biden and AmeriCorps' leadership had promised and failed to line up investors for their rural healthcare enterprise. The suit alleges James Biden urged the two men to borrow $10 million from a hedge fund run by Lewitt, who was involved in the deal. The lawsuit takes direct aim at Biden, painting him as a con artist who uses his ties to his brother to lure his victims. Here's another article from Breitbart. Headline, Joe Biden's sister Valerie sent millions of Joe's campaign dollars to her own consulting firm. Here's a quote. However, the lines between her role as leading her brother's political campaigns and working at the firm blurred as the firm received large fees from the Biden campaigns that Valerie was running. Profiles in Corruption reveals. The firm received large fees from the Biden campaigns that Valerie was running. Two and a half million dollars in consulting fees flowed to her firm from Citizens for Biden and Biden for President Incorporated during the 2008 presidential bid alone. Keep in mind that Joe Slade White and company worked for Biden campaigns over 18 years. The report demonstrates a pattern, as Schweitzer's book shows, of the complex, albeit largely unknown, dynamics of the Biden family and the financial benefits reaped, which purportedly stem from the presidential hopeful's varying positions in government throughout his life. It's not a game. It's a
<laughs> and one more from Breitbart. Headline, Joe Biden launched son-in-law's firm from Oval Office, briefed investors. Here's a quote. Former Vice President Joe Biden went to great lengths to boost his son-in-law's healthcare company while in the White House, briefing investors on the firm's merits and even arranging access to the Oval Office. The bombshell revelations are detailed in Profiles in Corruption, Abuse of Power by America's Progressive Elite, a new book by Peter Schweitzer, a senior contributor at Breitbart News and the president of the Government Accountability Institute. <laughs> so how do you think the public will react once they discover some of this stuff? For that matter, how are you feeling? Was any of that news to you? I predict that they will not be happy and feel swindled, the American public, I mean. I have proof of that, too. Uh, the news site The Federalist reported one in six Biden voters would have changed their vote if they had known about scandals suppressed by the media. <laughs> wow. Here's a, here's a quote from that article. A new report from the Media Research Center shows that the media's lack of coverage and big tech suppression of certain issues and scandals surrounding Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden could have cost President Donald Trump the election. The survey results report that 17% of Biden voters would not have voted for the Biden-Harris presidential ticket if they had known about at least one of the eight news stories that were suppressed by big tech and mainstream media outlets. This is not happenstance. This is not coincidence. This is not oversight, and this is just not a mistake, president and founder of Media Research Center Brent Bozell said at a press conference Tuesday. These were deliberate decisions that were made thousands of times, literally thousands of times, to either twist or to not cover it at all, which we found in this case. Election fraud cases being heard by the Supreme Court of the United States and political scandals coming to light is enough to trigger the country into justifiable outrage, but there is still more kindling to put atop of that political fire. How many more will be threatened with impeachment under the unconstitutional standards set to try Trump? Lindsey Graham is quoted as saying, I don't see how Kamala Harris doesn't get impeached. What happens when the powerful are held to account? There's a news article here that says four Republican lawmakers are demanding answers from House Speaker Nancy Pelosi over her role in making security decisions on January 6th, the day of the Capitol riot. Another question. How many more retractions about the Capitol siege will come out now that Trump is acquitted? New York Times retracted a claim that Capitol Police officer was killed by Trump supporter with fire extinguisher. Another question. A third party would decimate the Republicans, but do they deserve it? There's been a poll that says support for the third party, for a third party, a third political party, rather, reaches an all-time high. And then, finally, is Trump going away? <laughs> no. No, not a chance. Uh, Steve Bannon recently said to Boston Republicans, to a group of Boston Republicans, that Trump will lead, lead them in 2024. Huh. All very interesting. And I'm going to have links to all this stuff that I said in the uh, description of the podcast. But you know, despite all of that stuff that I said, 
the um, the unkindest cut of all, <laughs> at least to the left, is seeing this unfettered support for President Trump from his supporters. Still, after all the impeachment, uh, after all the, the the news coverage, and after hiding certain stories in the news, uh, President Trump still has a very strong and loyal following. Um, CBS 12 in, I think it's Palm Beach, they tweeted out a scene where uh, President Donald Trump was waving to a crowd of supporters on President's Day as he was driving down uh, the street in an SUV in West Palm Beach. It, uh, it sounded like this. USA! 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 You have been listening to the Things I Think About podcast. If you love what you heard, hate what you heard, or don't know what you just heard, I want to know about it. Drop me an email. I can be reached at Jim Stroud, that's J-I-M-S-T-R-O-U-D, at jimstroud.com. So, until next time, bye-bye.